All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is uh, James Wilson with MTB Stream Training Systems and BikeJames.com. And got another YouTube live stream covering uh, an interesting subject today. I always like to bring kind of off topic topic uh, subjects, you know, to people to get them thinking about other things to help them expand their understanding of how to get better at riding. Right. We can talk about riding and, and training and stuff all day long, but sometimes we got to go outside of mountain biking to get ideas that can actually help us uh, become better riders. And so that's what I'm you know, doing today is wanting to bring one of these ideas to you. And so specifically, it has to do with how to make better decisions on the trail and something that's called the OODA loop. Right. I'll, I'll explain more about that here in a second. But uh, part of where this came from is, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. I started to get into, uh, I mean, I've, I've been into jujitsu for a while, but I started to get into uh, armed self-defense. And so looking at things like, you know, dealing with an attacker that has a weapon and also how to properly use a weapon myself, um, including a gun for uh, self-protection. And I've also gotten into competitive shooting, which is super fun as well. But it, when you get into the self-defense field, um, particularly with, you know, uh, self-defense handguns, um, there, this OODA loop is something that is talked about a lot, right? This is a, a, a main topic and it's a, uh, it's a way that you, you know, make decisions and orient yourself and make decisions to what's happening. And so as I was learning more about this idea, I started to realize like, man, there's a lot of carryover from this to mountain biking. It can help people understand this as well. So uh, again, going back to what is the, 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 the heart of the problem, right? That we're trying to solve here. And that is making good decisions on the trail. Like one of the hardest parts of learning to ride a mountain bike is how to make good decisions on the trail in the heat of the moment. Okay. A lot of wrecks happen. They're caused by bad decisions about speed or line choice and uh, bad decisions can also make you have to work harder than you need to, right? If you're choosing um, bad lines on climbs, right? You're having to climb, spend more energy, right? So there's, you know, you being able to make a decision in the heat of the moment can impact your outcome greatly, right? What decision you make. And this is one thing that separates good riders from average riders and poor riders is, you know, it, yeah, fitness and stuff like that is definitely part of it, but it's their ability to process and quickly make decisions. And those decisions be the right decisions that, uh, that separate, you know, uh, uh, you know, riders from one another. And so this is something that you can think about and get better at through this OODA loop. Okay. So how do you get better at making good decisions on the trail? So like I said, the, the, this model was developed by a gentleman named Lieutenant Colonel John Boyd. And just on like a side note, the character Maverick in Top Gun uh, is loosely based on this dude. If you don't know this guy, like, you know, check him out. He's, he lived a very interesting life and had some very interesting influences in a lot of different areas, but he was obsessed at one point with like, well, where do good ideas come from? And so he was created this model of the OODA loop to help, you know, explain like where good ideas and good decisions come from, particularly in the heat of the moment. So it consists of four parts with each part flowing into the next one while also informing the previous ones. Right. So you'll like I said, you'll, this will make more sense here in a second. So I'll, I'll we'll, we'll go through it. Right. So the OODA is O-O-D-A. The first O is observe. Right. So you need to observe what is going on through your own observations and also other information coming in from outside sources. So for us as mountain bikers, this could be, we come to a section on the trail and we're either looking at it ourselves or we've got a riding buddy who tells us like, Hey man, 
coming up is this section where you need to do this, or it's got this that you need to look out for. And so by this helps you observe in, in the, the situation, right? And now based on that observation, you need to orient yourself to the situation. And this again is, is based on the information you have at hand. This is based on your past experiences, you know, your genetics. Like there, again, I'm, I'm going to touch more because this orient part is actually the most important part of this OODA loop. Now it's funny. And in, in some of the, when I started hearing this explained in self-defense circles, the way this was explained was like, you observe a threat, you know, Oh, he's over there. You orient yourself by turning yourself to the threat. You decide you're going to protect yourself and then you act and do that. Now, again, that is one very, very simplistic way of looking at the OODA loop. But as I actually started to learn more about it and read a book uh, on, uh, you know, uh, John Boyd, and, and saw what he was trying to do with the OODA loop, I, I realized like, oh, this is, this, it goes way beyond just that, right? The orient process is the most important thing. So again, I'll, I'll, I'll dig into that here in a second, but based on your orientation to the situation, you decide what you're going to do, right? And then after you make a decision on what you're going to do, you then act on that decision. Now this could happen like that, right? But you, every decision that you make is going to go through this process. You're going to orient yourself to the problem, or I mean, you're going to observe the problem. You're going to orient yourself to the problem. Based on your orientation, you're going to decide what you're going to do. And then after you've decided what you're going to do, you act on that. Now, the, uh, the, the more you're able to bring to that orientation process, the better decisions and actions you can take. And also the, you know, observation, right? Like the better that you can see. Um, again, I'll touch on this here at the end, but there's knowing you know, there's different things you can do to help improve yourself at each step of this loop, right? But the orient part is generally the most important. Now, this is one of the reasons that a lot of riders struggle with their decisions on the trail, okay? Their orientation, they don't have the resources to orient orientate themselves, right? And so you get better at this uh, through, you know, more experience through riding, going to training camps and clinics, reading books, watching videos, thinking about the problems that you face, like all of these things, talking to better riders, like all of these things pool or, or create this, this pool of information that you can draw from to orientate yourself to the situation. So again, if you think about it, like, uh, um, you know, if you're a new rider and you don't have much experience, you come around, you see this, you know, technical section that's, that's, you know, got a drop in it. And it's like, that looks terrifying, right? Like, for myself, right? I'll, I'll go back to an example for myself. Like I, I've said this, you know, before, like when I first started riding mountain bikes, I wrecked trying to jump off a curb. Okay. So if you had told me that, you know, 10, 15 years later, I was going to be hitting big doubles and looking at, you know, hitting 40 foot doubles and stuff, I'd be like, you're, you're crazy. Right. But like the first time I saw this, you know, uh, the 40 foot double up at the ranch where I used to ride all the time on, on the air supply course, it was in the, the free ride mountain bike tour for uh for a couple of years it um first time i saw that i was like there's no way that i can hit that that looks impossible right like i observed the problem which is riding my bike over this giant gap right um, uh, i orientated myself to the problem which was i don't know that i can do that i don't have you know when i look at my pool of resources i don't feel like i have the, what it takes for me to be like yeah i can hit that and then act on that so, but what happened was, is as I kept getting better, as I learned how to hit, you know, uh, 15 foot and then 20 and then 25 and then 30, right? Like there's a progression to it. 
And at each level of that progression, you're adding information to that pool that you can pull from when you need to orientate yourself to a problem. And eventually I got to the point where I looked at this, you know, 40 foot double and I was like, you know, I think I can hit that thing. And I did. And it was super fun, but it wasn't, it didn't come from just like blind whatever, right? Like that is the scariest thing on the trail. That freaks me out. I don't like riding with riders that do that shit, right? Like they just, they, they don't really feel confident that they can hit something, right? Their orientation does not tell them, oh, I got this. Or like, you know, that may be hard, but it's within my realm, right? Like that, that's fine. You want to be pushing your boundaries some, but like, if you have no confidence in your ability to hit something and you're about to do it just because you feel pressure because the other people, or you feel like that's what you should be able to do. That is the scariest thing in riding. Like, don't be that rider that puts your riding buddies in that situation. Because if you get fucked up, I've been there, man. I, I had a riding buddy he used to drive me freaking nuts, man. He would dr- just wreck and hurt himself. And more than once we had to like stop a ride and help him get the hell out off the trail because he hit something that he had no business hitting and ended up getting hurt. Now, again, nothing, luckily, nothing permanent and all that stuff is just, you know, a giant inconvenience. But it's like, don't be that rider. Okay. Don't like you, 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 if you don't feel based on your orientation to the problem that you can do this and you're not just like going for it, um, then, you know, you're, it's, uh, anyway. So, yeah, don't be that rider. Right. So, the more that you can, as you progress, and you're, you know, doing these things that I talked about, right? Like you're, you're, you're learning from better riders. You're watching video to observe how good riders ride. You're, you're thinking about these problems. Like there's all sorts of things that you can do along the way. You're, you're improving your physical fitness. You're getting stronger. You're moving better. Like all of these things are going to improve your, your orientation ability. Okay. And then one day you're going to look at something and you're going to be like, oh, wow, that's interesting. So, uh, you know, I think I can do that. Um, you know, funny enough, like switching to flat pedals can change your orientation to problems. Like, again, I, I've mentioned before that I've, I've heard from many riders that they were able to ride sections that they never thought about riding on clipless pedals on flat pedals. And the only thing that changed was that they're just based on their, their observation of where, what was going on. Right? Like I can jump off the bike. Now their brain feels better, right? Like being clipped in your brain is not like that. Like that is not natural for your body to be attached to something like that. And, and so anyways, your, your brain, uh, affects how you move and your confidence level and stuff. And so just changing something like that can change that orientation of the problem and help you feel like, Oh, I've, you know, I can do this and, and, and help increase your confidence. But anyways, the, like I said, the, the orientation process is that most important thing and new riders need to be able to ride, make mistakes and learn from these mistakes. Again, they need to learn from the mistakes. That is another thing. Like, you know, my, my buddy that I was talking about that I used to ride with, you know, forever, he refused to lower his seat, right? He, he had a, a dropper post, but he had learned to ride before dropper post. So he was used to having his seat post all the way up. And so he felt like having that seat post up somehow helped him. And we're trying to explain to him like, yo, buddy, like when you're hitting jumps and drops and going through stuff and you need to be able to maximum range of motion of your hips without it being interfered with, that seat's getting in your way. And he just refused to listen to us. And he, and you know, kept wrecking. And like several of his wrecks were obviously directly caused by his seat being too high. And eventually he had to admit that there was a problem and he started lowering his seat more, but he didn't learn from his mistakes. So again, you don't want to be that rider who's like, you know, putting it, you know, doing crazy stuff and not learning from your mistakes 
and driving your riding buddies nuts and putting everybody at, at risk on some level, because if you get hurt, you know, Hey man, we got to help get you out of there. So, uh, another thing to take, uh, well actually real quick, like, so with new riders, the, the, the ability to do these things and make mistakes and learn from them is super important. And so this is why it's important that you don't over recommend uh, technology to help new riders, right? Like new riders suck and that's fine, right? It's not that they're, they need this bike or these tires or, or this suspension or whatever. Like, you know, sometimes, yeah, a bike is really bad fitting for someone or set up wrong and affecting them. But, you know, for the most part, once a rider gets a decent bike that is, is set up decently, a, a lot of those mistakes are just they're part of the learning process. Right. And so they, you're not helping the situation by telling riders that they need the technology their way through these mistakes with, you know, an e-bike or a lighter bike. Like I said, there's, there's all sorts of, uh, of, of band-aids that we throw on these problems that are really just a matter of people needing to gain experience through mistakes. And it's totally fine. Right. So, uh, again, another thing to take from this is that the faster that you can go through this OODA loop, the the faster you can act. Right. So fast decision speed is one of your greatest assets on the trail and it can make up for a lack of speed and power and fitness. Right. It just makes you a more efficient rider. You're able to make decisions faster. And again, like this is, you know, I, I, I love these moments on the trail. Right. You're on a new trail. You've never ridden before. You come around a corner and it's like, Oh shit, what do we do here? And you gotta, you know, I call it go go gadget line finder, right? Like I just gotta like go go gadget line finder. Where am I going? And real quickly, like make an observation and, and decision and act and go for it. But like that stuff comes after years and years and years and years of riding and gaining that experience, right? So um, you know, it's just part of the process. But the faster you can go through this loop, the better. Okay. So the um the, the again, another point here. I got some notes here. I'm I'm trying to read off of. So I stay, you know, relatively on, on point here, but uh, visualization is a great way to help with the action part of the loop, because once you've decided on an action, you want to see yourself doing it successfully. Okay. And so this will help you be able to, to go through the act part of the loop faster because you have some familiarity with it through visualization. So again, going back to my example of, you know, jumping, right? Like, I would, you know, visualize myself hitting the jump, feeling it hit right, you know, feeling myself go through the air. Like you know, there was a process, there was a warm up process that I would go through to get to where I was hitting the bigger jumps. And, and part of that process was the visualization. So when I got to the jump, it wasn't the first time I hit it or, you know, this, uh, you're going through to hit a drop, right? A drop's a, a really good example of using visualization, right? Like, you, you pick out, okay, where am I going to come off of this drop? And you're standing on the edge and you're looking over the edge and you're seeing, okay, this is where I'm going to land. And then you visualize yourself going off that spot. What are you going to see when you come off, off the drop, right? When you come over that edge, visually, what are you going to see? And, and then you, you see yourself orientating yourself properly and, and landing it and everything's great, right? And so and then, then when you go for the drop and you roll up on it and you come off of it, it makes a big difference because if you've done a good job visualizing it, it doesn't feel like the first time, right? You, you have some familiarity with the problem based on your visualization. And so this can help you with any technical section, especially if you've had to stop and look at it and kind of figure out what am I going to do here? Then it gives you that opportunity to use visualization 
to help you to, uh, you know, once you've decided what am I going to do? And again, the decision may be, I'm going to walk through this because this is not for me, right? I've done that before myself. Um, but if you decide that you are going to do that, then I guess you can visualize yourself walking through it too, but you're probably going to use visualization more for, uh, you know, uh, hitting the, hitting the section. Um, so the, another thing to keep in mind is that you can't get through the OODA loop if you're stuck in, uh, the fear loop, right? They, they love these loop things in the self-defense world. But, uh, I actually have a, an interview with a guy named, uh, Tony, uh, Blauer. And he is one of the guys who, who's, you know, kind of taking this fear loop thing and really like drill down into it. And like, you know, what is the fear loop, right? And, and the fear loop is what keeps you locked it without acting, right? Like in the self-defense world, the fear loop is what ha has people just standing there frozen while the attackers assaulting them or doing whatever, right? Like they're, they're so in shock and stuck in this fear loop that they can't get out of it and get into the OODA loop so that they can make a decision and act, right? And so your, your relationship with fear plays a big role in your ability to, uh, to move through that OODA loop. And so one of the things that can help with this is breathing, Okay, your, your, your breathing affects your stress levels. And so if you are finding yourself stress breathing, then you're going to struggle with, uh, um, you know, being able to stay calm and, and get out of that fear loop. And you know, a lot of riders, man, get stuck in that fear loop and they don't, you know, push themselves. You know, like you got the riders on one extreme who are doing shit that they shouldn't do because they got no business doing it. And they're just like, well, everybody else is doing it. I need to do it too. And then on the other end, you got the riders who have the potential but they just can't get past that fear loop. They're just, maybe they had a bad experience before. Maybe they saw somebody have a bad experience, you know, whatever. Right. But something's got them stuck so that they're just like, Oh no, 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 man. I, I don't do any drops over like, you know, three feet or whatever. Right. But it's like, you know, it, it's there. It, a lot of times people can get to the point where they can't hit those things, but the fear loop keeps them stuck. So you got to get out of that fear loop. So knowing where you're stuck can help you identify what you need to work on to improve making a decision on the trail. So kind of bringing this to an end, right? So the first thing in the OODA loop is actually the fear loop. Like, do you get stuck in that fear loop? Because if you get stuck in that fear loop, you can't get to the OODA loop. If you don't get stuck in the fear loop, you just flow right into that fear or into the OODA loop and, and everything's fine. But if you get stuck in that fear loop, then you've got to learn how do you change your relationship with fear? How do you move out of that? Right. There's breathing techniques. There's, you know, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's all sorts of different ways to do this, right? Not uh, maybe I'll do a, a video on the fear loop and, and talk about this more specifically, but you need to learn how to change that relationship with fear so that you're able to, you know, you're, you're never going to get rid of it. Right. Like that's the thing, even myself, right? like, like there, when I got where I was hitting that 40 foot double, it's like, it's not that I wasn't afraid of it. Like, holy shit. Like I saw people wreck on it. I knew what the physical consequences were if I'd messed up, but there's a relationship with fear that acts more as like, a, 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 it enhances your senses and actually makes you better than bringing you down. Right. And so if you know how to manage fear properly, it can actually help you in the moment in, in some situations. Right. So make sure that you're, you know how to get through that fear loop. Um, once you've done that, you get into the OODA loop. Right. So observe. And so learn to pay better attention. If you find yourself getting caught off guard, right? Maybe you just need to pay better attention and you need to learn to use your peripheral vision better. And a lot of people get tunnel vision, right? So they're, you know, yeah, you're, you're looking at something, you know, in front of your front tire or, you know, 10 feet in front of your front tire, wherever the hell somebody told you to look, but you should still be using your peripheral vision, right? So like 
personally, what I do is like at slow speeds and technical stuff, man, I'm looking in front of my front tire. Like I need to maneuver my front tire. I need precision with my front tire to get through things. And so I will be looking more in front of my front tire and using my peripheral vision to track what's coming in towards me. Right. But then as I get up to speed or things are, are smoother, then I will change that. I will look further ahead and, and, you know, be focusing further ahead and using, but I'm still using my peripheral vision to observe what is going on in front of my front tire. So this way, if there's like a, a rock or something that's, you know, I need to pay attention to, but I don't need to be like super focused on, I don't have to change my focus as that rock comes to my front tire to deal with it. I can like see it. Okay. I need, I know what to do. And I can use my peripheral vision to handle that as opposed to like having to switch my focus back and forth. And so, you know, learning how to use your vision and learning how to use your, your peripheral vision is extremely important on the trail, but that'll help you observe better. And so the better that you can observe, the more information you have to put into the orient process. And so uh, this is just about getting experience you need to improve the information you have to draw on. And this can be in general, this can be like context specific. Maybe you're trying to get better at, you know, doing jumps and drops, or you're trying to get better at cornering or, you know, whatever that is, right? But you've realized like there's a, a, a gap in my information pool that doesn't allow me to orientate myself to these problems properly. And so, uh, so if you're having trouble figuring out what do I do, right? You're observing the problem, right? There's a corner, but I can't really get through it properly. I can't figure out how to orient myself both physically, mentally, skill-wise to get through it properly. So I need to improve the information that I have to draw on. So, but again, based on that, that information, you're going to decide what you're going to do. And I, I mentioned earlier that visualization is a great way to, uh, to help with your decision fact, cause you can visualize different, um, different de- decisions, right? Well, I could do this. What would happen? I could do this. What would happen? I could do this. What would happen? Right? So you actually go through a little bit of visualization as you're making the decision. And then, you know, just the, the decision, uh, you know, helps the, you know, just getting more creative with your decisions comes from that information, the orientation process. And then finally the act part and this is where you've you've made a decision and now you're going to visualize yourself doing that. OK, and so visualization, as you can see, it plays a big role in helping you be a better rider if used properly. And so uh, so that is, you know, the the basics of the OODA loop, right? Your, your best asset on the trail is your brain. Right. We talk about all this other stuff, you know, fitness and strength and power, skill or bikes, all this stuff. All that is worthless if your brain doesn't have what it needs to make the best use of all of that. And so your ability to run through this OODA loop more efficiently and faster and is and more effectively, right, is going to help you with your outcomes on the trail. And so, again, the, 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 the ultimate goal for this is to find your confidence and flow on the trail. And so the more confident that you're feeling and uh, the easier it is going to be to find that flow and this OODA loop uh, and understanding how you're making decisions and where you can improve your decision-making process can uh, can help with that as well. So uh, so that's it on, on this one here. Um, let's see, I've got uh, Prothopectore. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. I appreciate everybody who joins me. Uh, if, you, if you tune in on these things, again, I, you can tune into the replay or, you know, I post them on Facebook and on my blog and stuff as well. 
Uh, we had a couple that uh, observations here about everything is a, a risk to benefit decision. You know, exactly. Right. Like, and this is uh, again, like one of the reasons that, that social media on some level creates a retarded uh, sense of what you should be able to do. Because if you're a, you know, 30 or 40 something year old dude with a family and a job, right. Your risk to benefit ratio of riding like a madman is different. Like, like my risk to benefit ratio at 46 is way different than the 26. I mean, at 26, I was flinging myself off of everything in sight. Uh, you know, it was just me. Uh, you know, I had my wife, but that was it. You know, it was just, and now I got kids, I got, you know, other responsibilities. And so it changes, right? Like I, that is one of the things I've noticed is that as I got older, I, my, my risk to benefit ratio has changed. And I, I observe things and orientate myself to things differently based on just knowing that like, I don't bounce as well as I used to. If I get hurt, I'm not going to, you know, recover from it as well. There's just all these things that unfortunately, you know, start to, uh, you know, you reach a peak with your riding, especially if you're riding at like extreme uh, levels as, as I was trying to do. And, and it starts to look a little different. Um, so, you know, fears, the mind killer is a great, uh, Dune quote as well. So yes, if you don't know that one, I had a buddy that we would be sitting on the top of air supply and he would fucking quote the litany of, uh, of against fear, litany of fear, whatever it's called. that it starts with that fears, the mind killer. And, uh, you know, or, or it's, yeah, it's a great, great quote, but he would, he would bust that out for us, uh, before we made our first run down old air supply just to put us in the right frame of mind so uh awesome so appreciate everybody ch uh, to you know uh checking this out um i'm gonna be doing another one plan on doing another one on wednesday to, you know eventually i'll get organized enough so like hey here's a topic and here's the time i'm gonna be doing this but in the meantime it's gonna be a little uh, sh uh you know hit and miss so again uh, appreciate you tuning in especially my boy proto pectore and and uh you know uh, is chiming in. So appreciate that. But uh, yeah, I will talk to everybody later.